0: All right, guys, we made it. We made it to 2023. Happy New Year. This is gonna be the best one yet. I'm not a big person in these New Year resolutions because I don't ever believe in waiting till January 1st. I believe in starting right away. Finally, my book, Bigger, Better, Bolder has been out now for probably a week. And I wanna say thank you to everybody who pre-ordered it because it debuted at number one in business and I am just so grateful and thankful for, for you guys. I really do believe that we all can be more bold and show up in our life in a real way with a little introspection, a little self-awareness, and we can design whatever we want for ourselves. I believe in creating a rich life, and that's not just money, you guys. That's about relationships, meaningful relationships, meaningful experiences. Now, if we're not born being bold, you can learn being bold. I have a workbook in the back of the book, so it keeps people accountable, and you see yourselves getting bolder, by doing these little bold moves. So we are not just acquiescing to a good enough life, but we're actually really going after and chasing the life we want. Uh, I want this to be a two-way conversation. I want you guys to leave me reviews and comments. Let me know what type of guests you want me to go after, chase after. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, your words are valuable and they mean something to me. So please let me know. Check me out uh, and Habits and Hustle on YouTube now as well and on Instagram, Facebook now. We have a Facebook community. Here's to 2023, everyone. Let's make it the best one yet.
1: Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it.
0: Thank you so much for coming, everybody, to this book launch panel uh, evening for Bigger, Better, Boulder. I appreciate every single one of you guys coming out on a Tuesday night. Thank you very much. Um, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. This is a live podcast, uh, and it will be—it's—it's it's not live streaming, but we're doing it obviously live, and then we're going to—we're going to uh, upload it. But what I thought would be really interesting um, was if I got a few of my close friends who have been extremely bold in their life and really kind of talk about what they think bold is, what I think bold is, and kind of how they've kind of used boldness in their careers, in their personal life to kind of build the platforms they have and um, how you guys around here and listening when they listen How they can harness their boldness skills. So basically, it's it's going to be a bold conversation with, like I said, three great great friends. First up is I always I just say sex with Emily. She's like Madonna, you know. That's how I say. I don't even know her last name really. I do, but I never ever call her that. Um, So Emily, obviously not obviously, but for (laughs) those of you who don't know, Emily is uh, not only an expert, a connoisseur, but probably the best in her field in sex education, sex, how do you even, what do you, what's?
2: Sex educator, sex therapist, sex, yeah. Sex, I, sex. I, I love getting people to feel comfortable talking about sex and relationships and pleasure in a way that's not awkward and, and spe- makes it all feel good.
0: Speaking of awkward, my two kids are in the office. In, in <laughs> <laughs>
2: audience. So let's just
0: be careful of maybe use some ah, different wording sometimes, but just be, just be mindful of euphemisms. that. Um, euphemisms. Euphemisms, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we have uh, Darren Olean, who is everything wellness. He is a, a superfood hunter. He is the host of uh, Down to Earth with Zach Efron, two seasons already, an Emmy Award winner. He is exceptionally knowledgeable on so many different things. Envi- like Again, like I don't even know how to even pigeonhole these people because they've created such a niche for themselves. But we're gonna hear from Darren. Darren, how would you describe yourself? What would you say in that was one- great? Yeah, that <laughs> was good. Okay, yeah. thank you. But if if I wasn't saying it, how would you what would be your title? If you just met somebody, what would be your elevator pitch? What would you say that you
3: were um, Escalator pitch as I was yeah. coming up? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I'm curious, that's for sure. Um, curious about Bettering the gnarly systems that we have going on in the environment. Certainly um, interested in continuing the documentary uh, docu-series world, working on more books about... Oh, con- tell
0: them about that. So you have one book called Super Life, which is a huge yeah. New York Times bestseller. No, this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just so happens to be here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he just finished uh, his second book that is called
3: what's, "Fatal Conveniences," which is
0: going to be massive, and it's, we're going to talk about that. Okay. Um, so he's obviously also a, an author, and we'll talk more about you in a moment. I wanted to move it on to the next, the third, the third person, which is Max Lugavirre, who um, is. Just super smart, and he is he's all about brain health, and actually, he'll tell you his whole story, how he kind of evolved. His his brand is called Genius, or Genius Foods. Was that enough to yeah. say? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was, it was a, and, a, a fair statement.
0: A fair statement. Yeah. and And <laughs> uh, he's just exceptionally knowledgeable about wellness, health, overall health. Very articulate. You're going to hear in a, two seconds. So this is the panel, you guys. And um, like I said, thank you all of you for being here tonight and um, supporting me and this book. I really appreciate it. So thank you. We're so
1: proud of you.
2: Yeah, we're
0: so proud of you, Jen.
1: Like, look at
2: all these people.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're going to make make me blush. So, okay, so now I want to, so let's start on on that lovely note. Great segue. Does Uh, anyone
2: know about your book, though? Have you talked about it yet in your podcast? I've been talking. I've Bigger, been talking better, about it. Bigger, better, bolder. Live the life you want, not the life you get.
0: Yes, that. thank That's you. So That's cool. ca- exactly. The book is called Bigger, Better, Bolder, and um, we're going to talk. Let's start. So, let me ask all three of you, what is what does boldness mean to you? Who wants to start, Emily? Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I'll ask <laughs> Max if you want first. I'm Max. Max. Okay, Max is very okay. Go ahead, Max. What is boldness to you?
1: Oh my God, I think um, it's just. Uh, it's, it's like following, it's learning how to hone your, your own internal compass and to go bold boldly in that direction. I use the word in a sentence. Is that, is that, is that, is that okay? <laughs> That's good. Um, and to go in that direction and to be, um, and to not necessarily be fearless. I think what's so wonderful about, about courage is that, you know, what we see from like the, uh, the, the icons that we look up to in mythology, whether it's on screen or, or throughout history, it's that fear always exists, but it's the courage ones who um, feel fear, but then go in that direction anyway. And so for me it was um, really tackling the topic of nutrition and health for people. I was not a, a medical doctor, I didn't go th- down the path of academia, but I felt really entitled for answers for myself and for my family. Which we can talk about why, but um, but then I started to put out work, and it and and I felt really um, empowered that I was able, living in a time where I was able to do that. And you know, I could have said to myself, "Who am I? I'm not a medical doctor. Right. I'm, you know, I don't have the sort of formal education, but I know that I'm really passionate, and I know that I'm, you know, intellectually I have certain faculties that that might predispose me to being good at what what it is that I aspire to do." And I just went in that direction. Boldly. Yeah.
0: Because you were yeah. at Current TV, doing something different, or were you kind of re- reporting on... Yeah,
1: I mean, I've always, I've, I've had a very interesting career. I've never had a resume. So I've, I, from, upon graduating college, I got a job uh, working for Al Gore on TV. So I was put on TV post-graduation anchoring, and that's when we met, anchoring a, a TV network that Al Gore owned. And so I was sort of like a journalist, um, producer, host or whatever, and I was like in my early 20s, and I did that for six or seven years. And um, sometime after that, I, uh, I was at this point in my life where I both had trouble finding another job that I really felt passionate about, and my mom got sick. And that was really the turning point for me. My, it was the, the diagnosis of um, a form of dementia that my mom had um, incurred, and that really kind of set me off on a completely different path than I ever would have thought. I'd I'd have had gone down in my life. You
0: know, it's interesting because and what you just said is because I know you, but everyone always asks you very much about the about Alzheimer's and brain health, and now about all these other nutritional things. It's interesting because you were super bold because, like you say, you don't have a medical background, but you were had a lot of passion and interest because of your mom and that direction, and you just kind of like, you didn't think about it, you just went for it because it was something that innately you were really interested in doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a realist, and I'm, I, I regularly, I'm a very self-aware person. I regularly take stock and take inventory of my own faculties, and I've tried a bunch of different, you know, I've, I've tried a lot of different things in my life, and I've failed at a lot of different things.
0: Where did you fail at?
1: Well, I, um, you know, I'm super, I'm super passionate for one about music, and I there was a, a point where I tried to like, you know, see. I didn't, I didn't. I'm not gonna say I tried to make it, but I definitely tried to see if I had the chops to ascend in the in the music world as like a singer-songwriter which is something that i really wanted to do no way you knew this
0: yeah. no i knew you played guitar but i thought you just did it like at your house uh, yeah with well girls. i didn't know you did this like <laughs> for girls <laughs> yes. girls I mean, love the guitar that's, that's, <laughs> not, <laughs> that's what i thought you did yes.
1: <laughs> that's not false <laughs> but um but no i did I, there was a point i was I'd i was see? like I was like making use of the fact that I took t- taking advantage of the fact that I lived in LA, and I tried to do it. And I realized, you know, very early on that like there are people that are that are doing this for whom there is no plan B. That are doing this from like the moment they are able to like learn to play an instrument. They're yeah. doing it from childhood, and that like that that wasn't my thing. That it would, that that I wasn't meant to do that. But then I realized at a certain point that. Um, I, was a, I, I was a fairly intelligent person, I was a good communicator, proven by this incredible job that I had on TV, that I was comfortable in front of the camera, that um, I had an aptitude for, for understanding and assimilating um, research, that I was like, really interested in this, that my brain is, we talked about this on my podcast, yeah. that my brain is like a light switch. Like When I'm interested in something, I like, there's, no, like, there's no stopping me in right. terms of like, the depth that I'll go.
0: But you retain information in me, like, really well. And then you can, like, yeah. Get, yeah. I,
1: I have a very selective photographic memory. I don't know shit about, like, the vast majority of topics. Like, I, I don't know anything about most things, <laughs> but I know, but I have a photographic memory for the things that I'm really interested in. So right. it's like either, like, which are, by, by the way, three things one is like cinema, music, and health. So,
0: well, it worked out for you. Yeah,
1: it suits me really right? well. Right?
0: Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Uh, and so, how about you? Darling Darren, what is boldness to you, and how have you been bold in your life?
3: Mm, um, I mean, that's a big one. It's really hard to kind of grok it, but I think it's definitely in the vein of what Max said in the sense that in spite of your monkey mind saying whatever, and, and even in spite of the world giving you any sort of feedback, that you have this inner feeling this inner sense and you wrestle with that and then you ultimately listen hear it and then take a step in spite of everything else and so I think that and cultivating that by the way still cultivate it every day because it's way too distracting out here and 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 it blasts us every day so I think Cultivating boldness is is a practice and it is a muscle. Sounds um, familiar. I wonder who else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I I think maybe there's people that through I mean hell insecurity can create a massive amount of boldness, which is a superpower, right? Because you have to understand, like from my perspective, this this ying and yang, this light and dark of this world, this tragedy and happiness they equally exist so the one hand pain and suffering and challenges are the propeller creating from your mom's challenges into like what I want to create so it is the propeller and our feeble little minds barely grasp it but but in the reflection of trying to grasp it you've come to realize that I come to realize that it is a gift telling me and showing me the next step. And so it's like, you know, I lost my house in 2018, lost everything I owned except a suitcase and the car that I drove to the airport. And luckily my dogs were away. And you can't possibly understand that. You can't possibly get your head around that. However, through the grief and understanding, you realize that I realize that one of the greatest gifts of my life, and there's no way I would change it. Do I want that for anyone? Fuck no, right? I mean, How fudge, I, no. Fudge.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: this is going to be hard. It's <laughs> going to be. So So that... <laughs>
0: Poor she's neck. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not all dirty.
3: <laughs> I, I opened up the door. Sorry. Okay. Um, so I think... And, and, and I'll step on that, step on the next step of, of, you know, the start of most of my career with the superfood hunting thing. That was when I lost my father in 2004 and I was playing around. I had physiology background, nutrition background, and I was playing around and looking at supplements and looking at why are people doing this and there's some shitty Sorry, damn. Um, no, you can say, that. Some, you can say that. You can say some, that. There's some there's some there's some not good things in products and foods and everything else. And so I, I said, you know, my dad passed away and I got a, you know just a you know 15 grand from whatever was left in his in his will. And I started my company and I said, I need to do actually do something with what I'm playing around with. And so that started me literally. I'm a small town kid from Minnesota. Like there's no part of me that would have thought I'd end up in the Amazon looking for medicinal plants. And I literally did it innocently. And I was like, I was just like, I gotta know what's what these things are. I gotta know what's in here. I gotta know who's who's creating it. I gotta know where it's from.
0: It's curiosity then.
3: Curiosity. And so
0: And same with you, curiosity. Mm
3: -hmm. And, And and through again through the pain my dad passed away what am I going to do quit messing around just jump into something and do it and then through that doing I got basically a phone call serendipitously from Beachbody and I created one of their largest selling products of all time of all time Shakeology
0: by the way for those of you who don't know so I started
3: that in 2006 and it launched in 2008 and you know it's like, can you make this shake for us? I'm like, sure. Like, mm-hmm. I was playing around with this stuff, and I just said yes.
0: It's unbelievable. And
3: so, yeah, so it's <laughs> like, like, again, I think the the being bold in the face of fear, in the face of challenge, in the face of, again, cultivating that inner kind of work to realize what's the propeller that's that's operating in me that wants to to show me something and then in spite of family and people and friends I'm going to freaking do it anyway right and that's the bold step
0: I love that so like curiosity is is more or less the gateway to opportunity and and being bold cuz we all had it right that's what it really was you were curious and you didn't let things deter you from pushing forward and acting
3: yeah in order know. to get to that curiosity you have to kind of you know clear some debris Right you have to clear some understanding of yourself to realize like this creative curiosity is is just mm-hmm. it's it's now got me it's got me so in in involved i have to i have to learn more I have to dig in
2: okay M, all right you're up bold, <laughs> boom bold, bold, bold. well I think it's interesting well but all, all everyone said here so far that I think that when I think of um the the finding like the spark and finding that thing in your life that you just have to learn more about and that you have that you're so curious about what you talk so much about in your book that is the thing that boldness is a skill and a lot of that which i think was so fascinating in your book too because i've actually really going pop ah. so, i'm sorry no, you can in say- some <laughs> places i'm so bold and all the things i've done are really bold but that it's like in these little places sometimes i'm like oh i could work on that skill asking for what i want even more and going after all those things but for me Bold, when I think about it now after this, it's going through uh, really not being afraid of taking risks, but also knowing that it's when that spark happens that you know that there's something that you have to do. And that's how I kind of felt about my field when I realized that there was no that this was 18 years ago now, but really there was no sex education out there. There wasn't a lot of information. It was before the, I did start a podcast eighteen years ago, believe it or not. There were podcasts. There was like three of us. And was there um, really just hold on who was two thousand five? No, I mean there was more than I mean, me. No, besides
0: Dr. Ruth at the time, who and Dr. Joyce oh, d- Brothers okay, so who also was sex, doing that. So when
2: I went to talk about sex in two thousand five. I realized I was always very I love reading in your book it's just so Jen like she was like five years old and peppering all of her mom's friends about like where do you live do you live in a house how much did you pay tell me about your relationship <laughs> how much money like, you make? I was like really I'm like but that's what Jen already does and that's why but it's so infectious because she does it in such a loving way when you get to be a friend of Jen it's such a loving thing and she's actually asking because she's curious but then she can kind of Using your skill set to kind of help and support and your very loyal friend and all the things. Aww. but in reading that, I was reminded that I really was like that from a young age too, around sex, I would ask people about not just sex, but I would meet a couple, and I'd say, "How'd you meet?" how'd you fall in love? And I was like five or six or eight or 10. I I'd always been really interested in like romance and love and and what makes a happy couple, what makes an unhappy couple. And granted, my parents, you know, side note, like probably no surprise, they were divorced. So that's kind of led up to it. But I was like, oh, so some couples work, how? So I always had a lot of questions and I was always very, very curious. But then as I got older, I realized like sex was happening. So I was a happy, I was a sexual being. <laughs> and I realized it was really only Dr. Ruth. So 18 years ago, she was probably the only person there was not, you couldn't really Google it. It wasn't really on the internet. There was a few books. And so what I realized is I wasn't really armed with the knowledge about having like like I thought it was good, but I'm like, could it be a lot better than this? Because no one's talking about it. No <laughs> one has any sex was talking about it. Either you had sex, or you didn't have sex, and maybe it was good or bad. But even when people would say, I had great sex last night, I used to like stop them in their tracks and be like, What do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean by good sex? And I would literally say, like, back up, like, good why? Like, did you have 18 orgasms? You know,
3: sorry,
2: I can do this, whatever, it's like, what? Listen,
3: so I would 20, take my kids. It's, it's 23. 20. I would like, break
2: it down. I would break it down. I'd be like, what do you mean? Because I don't understand. There's no barometer. Who tells you what's good and bad? And so there wasn't information. So I believe that that, for me, realizing How about Loveline? Were they around? Love Line was around. Okay. So Love Who Line did Loveline? Adam Carolla? Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, which, yes. And that was the only show that was out there. They were answering questions of people calling in. I
3: and grew up so, on that show. I was, like, obsessed yeah. with right. that.
2: Mm. It was such a good show. Right. We didn't have it in San Francisco at the time, but... It was before podcast, but when I moved here actually was that was the one show that I could point to that was doing it. And then I was actually on it the last four years with Dr. Drew like hosting it, which was a wonderful moment in my life. Oh family. I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. Look at all these oh things. Oh my God, I am going to learn all that. these things. Okay so, so the point is like for me being bold was it was just about I I felt that there was it always became this passion. Like you were both saying, like you have to find that spark in your life. And I know we won't be the first person to tell you that, but I could not not ask. Like I was like, the, I can't believe that no one's telling us kids are growing up and going out in the world they've been having sex and there's zero information. This has got to stop. So I did everything I could to educate myself. And then I went back to school, got my doctorate. And again, at the time, like talking about it was like that no one thinks that's a good idea. I came from a career in politics. And my mom would be like, you have a really great career. Like, what are you doing, you know? Right, because you were
0: doing politics in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you then, like, make the shift? For, like, that's a huge pivot, right?
2: It was a pivot. I kept pivoting. So my thing, if anyone here is like, I don't know what I want to do yet. Like, this was my second career at, like, 35. I was like, I don't I don't know what I want to do. But I knew when I was no longer passionate, I cannot fake it. So, like, the light bulb moment in your brain, like, my light bulb, it goes out. Like, I can be really passionate. And then when I'm not, I'm like, well, I will not be useful to anybody unless I constantly love what what I'm doing and I'm passionate and I'm asking questions all the time and that's what keeps me going that is the fuel so I was doing politics but then I became really disillusioned by it because I was like oh it's all about fundraising and that is not fun I thought it was about you know making a difference in the world so I realized at the time I was like I really want the right people to get elected but then you gotta you know do the money things and it was that wasn't fun but then I made a documentary about politics and I realized from there I actually loved the process of getting people to open up and I turned that into a podcast
0: was there like a lot of like, – so that was so that was the first thing then. You took you went to school for it first or I you did a podcast after. first?
2: Well, I started the podcast, and I was not an expert in the field at all. I was like, well, I had some hands-on experience, but I was not – like, <laughs> Did you I ever? I did not have
0: Silly. to. <laughs>
3: no, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> I didn't have a <laughs>
2: – thanks, Jen. I, I, I had a – you know, I didn't have a degree. I read everything, you get my hands on, and I was just talking. I literally, I read hundreds of books. I asked everyone at nauseam, grilled them really like, about their sex life, but no. But then I think about three years into the podcast, people started asking me for advice. And although I like had a lot of therapy and read a lot of books, <laughs> I was like, i want to go back to school and get my doctorate. So I did that after I started the podcast, and that was 12 years ago. I got the doctorate.
0: You know what I find so interesting that like the people who become the most successful in like the, in their area, like you, like Max, and you, Darren, and you, Emily, like you didn't have the wherewithal. Like you were very naive about the, how Darren. it would happen, and because of that like i like i say this like naivety is a strength right because what you, you what you don't know doesn't stop you from going and trying something right so if you know too much information you think about all the things why you shouldn't you're not chat ta- that like, you don't have the experience you don't have the talent you don't have the wherewithal but having none of it actually is how you become successful.
2: Yeah, I, I love that you flip all that, the two about also in your book about being mediocre. I'm like, that's awesome, you're right, that has been a skill set. Right. I feel like, <laughs> and that has been a strength, like right? not being Tell the best. Like, I wasn't one of the all-A students in school. I was no, it's like very mediocre, but that wa- I wanted to figure out what else I wanted to do. So yeah, I mean, you just. But uh, you had
0: that cur- you had that interest. Curious, yeah,
2: and I knew that I also, being someone whose focus is a challenge, I knew that if I'm not completely into something, I'm out, and you know when you lose my attention, and you're out. But something about sex is like, and relationships, and dating, and love. And it's not all sex, but that's endless. Like, think about it. It's like there's so much. There's so much to unpack about like other people educating people, but also my own my own life. Like it's just you know it's like health. You're never done learning about yeah. like
3: health.
1: It's
0: still education. health. But, it's sexual health.
1: Yeah,
2: it's sexual health. We are all what we are one.
3: So important. Right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so then how how come you think in your in your industry especially there hasn't been like that many thought leaders come out from like, from it? Even though it's becoming much more popular and people are talking about it more, and there's all these different like versions of it but still you're still like like in the top 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 tier
2: I mean I think that there's a lot of shame around it I think there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of people like who still kind of trying to figure it out and I think also to be honest a lot of people just think that they and I can't think this is changing with a different you know younger generation but I think people believe that if you have to talk about sex or work on your sex life that there's something like wrong with you and that there's so much shame and embarrassment because we don't see it in our culture anywhere that, that there's just, people are thinking, like I don't know my own stuff. How am I going to go out and, and figure it out? And I think there's not a lot of places to go. Like, literally, there's not a lot of grad school. I mean, there's, again, starting now more so, but there was not a lot of places to go to, to learn more, maybe, perhaps. But I hope, I mean, I hear from a lot of young people all the time who are getting into this field. So I think it's wonderful. But I think, again, it's, it's, it's stress, trauma, shame, fear, religion. There's a lot of reasons, I think, why people don't venture into it. Even for themselves, even they don't even want to go inward and think of like, who am I as a sexual being? Like that's just off limits for many people too because of unresolved challenges. And society isn't actually backing you up, saying like, come on, let's learn. And like schools teach it for half a day, right? By your with your gym teacher, like you yes, think true. that's a cliche, but everyone's <laughs> like, oh yeah, that was my gym teacher. That, yeah, who that was actually my. That?
0: That's yeah. what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, that was my gym teacher. So what do they actually? know?
2: Like. they're they just have a big gym. To, I guess you could all sit on the floor. I don't know why they did a gym. Teacher.
0: Does that happen though? Did you Absolutely. feel like you're getting asked more? That's true. You know what's true? That, that's yeah. is true. Actually, half a day about enough. like this thing. That you, that's like really, really important. To no, understand. that's true. Like I got taught on a VHS tape for like, like two hours or like, <laughs> split into two by my, my gym teacher. Right.
2: Exactly. And they're yeah. like, "Don't get pregnant. Don't get an STD. Have a nice
0: life.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. And and see ya. Exactly. And no, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Now that you say that, it's that's actually it. it's true. Really. And then you, and then when you're young, you're told like, "Oh, it's you, it's this coveted thing that you're going to get to do when you're an adult and then you do it you're like I don't know what I'm doing was it like I guess it's okay you know I think many who have that experience then no one else talks about it so anyway so it's, uh, it's bold just to even even just be here and here we talk about it now. Exactly. The room yet. It's very
0: bold that you're actually, but the two of you men are sitting on the stage with Emily. You're very bold and very I mean to be doing this <laughs> let's keep going. how let's are you gonna go. I mean, <laughs> This is great. <laughs> I told you I tried to introduce you guys like I years know. ago. God <laughs> um, anyway, not like that, I mean like as wow. friends. I said, God, you guys, seriously. I didn't mean it like that. Um so how do you like so let's go back to you, Darren. Uh, okay. Okay. So, segue into you. How do you? What do you? Where do you go from there? Tell us about where some bull. Where do bo- we go
3: from
0: there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell. I, I mean, I don't even know what to ask you from after that. Emily, that was <laughs> so great. You, you're leading her. So well, you're. Well, listen. Th- how I you, think I, I
3: just like the. the the, there is so much there, and I think just to make a comment on it, it's Uh-oh. like this sh- no, but the the, 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 sh- the shame, shame around man. sex and and the dirtiness, just you know and the religious kind of connotations around it has just painted this horrible kind of situation. And so I, I applaud you for boldly going where very few people will go. <laughs> um, Captain Kirk. <laughs> um so uh I'm dating myself right now. no you're not yeah. I got it I got it but but so, yeah so I mean it's uh, how you know that again that's kind of excavating what, oneself too right
2: can I help you do it but can I- Go ahead, please. I want to say to totally you thinking, yes, we've all done really bold things, and I think a lot of people, but, but what I love, I want to bring it back to your book for a minute. Oh, of course. She's such a good friend. No, but course. I mean oh, it, because oh, what oh, I yes. love, I actually read it like, going, shit, I texted you last time, like, I gotta be bolder, because I'm bold <laughs> every day. I do big, bold things, but sometimes I self-doubt. I hold myself back. This is bold to say all of you. Like, I'm not, I'm bold, but I have a lot of, like, I, maybe I don't do the, Ten tries or whatever your 12nd second ten percent target. I'm like she I don't read the book
0: though. Good for I you. No, but
2: like your target of like keep going. Like I think that what I love about your book is that it's like that boldness is 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 a skill that you can cultivate, which I never thought about that way. Either you're born bolder or you're not, and there are some ways you're you're bold, but there's other ways that really in thinking about getting what you want in life. And when you're even just the cover, you're like, don't live the life you get. And I'm like, oh God, what am I just accepting right now that I, you know, I think as a friend, you do push me there sometimes. So I I appreciate that, that bold is like just a, I love that we were all doing cool things, but like day to day, sometimes I don't maybe always ask for things that I need like professionally or I don't, I hold myself back in ways where I overthink, overthink it. Overthinking. Mm, what do you say? Like, yes. if the overthinking is like the enemy of boldness?
0: It is. Well, I think when you're too smart, you tend to overthink things. Right, right. Because you think but of I'm also all the mediocre
2: things. and smart, I've realized, but I'm.
0: I mean, be, being mediocre is great. No. Like, I told you, it's a, it's a superpower. Yeah, it
2: is, no. But I, I, I love the the, the bold you. tips in here.
0: Thank you. So then, what would you say, what kind of boldness, where in your life, Max, mm. would you have to say that you have to like work on your? Bold area because you could be bold in one area and you're like yeah. and not so bold in another area. What would you say?
1: Well, I jumping off what what Emily um, everyone wants bega- to talk about Emily. Yeah. <laughs> be- no, it's good. Began to allude to. I think uh, oftentimes we get in our own way, and um, and for me, as somebody who's like very creative and um, even though my work focuses on health science and nutrition, like I, I very much consider myself an artist, and my work uh, uh, and a sort of outgrowth of that of my art, of my artistic tendency. Um, and I think like as an artist, you tend to be, I, I don't know if, if others in the audience feel this way, but I feel very like, uh, precious about like anything that I create. And that's like something that I've always felt like if I'm going to put something out into the world. It has to be amazing. It has to be something that I consider to be perfect. But when you're first getting started with any kind of creative endeavor, there is the Tendency of course to let perfect be the enemy of the good and you know as they say at that Facebook you got you You know done is better than perfect and so just you know for example with me and my podcast which I launched in 2018 I never thought that uh, I never actually at the beginning when I launched it. I didn't think that I was any good as a host um, I didn't think that it was going to be successful. I very much thought at the time that there were enough podcasts You know, like what? What what does the world need? Like another Another one? Yeah, another guy with a podcast. Like, and um, apparently it did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I basically, I followed like a formula. And it's not a formula that I discovered on any website or any you know hidden like back channel. I, it was just like consistency, and it was about not letting perfect be the enemy of the good, and just putting out the content and realizing that with the process comes. Eventually, mastery. You know whether or not you can see the end of the tunnel with whatever, whatever it is that you aspire to do. Um, you know you're sort of like I think of a, I think of it as being sort of like a, a miner in a coal mine. Like as long as you stay focused on like the chipping away of what's in front of you, there is an end, even though even if you can't see it. Like for me, I was never I never would have predicted that I would have written a book, let alone a book that would go on to become like. A global, you know, New Genius York Times it. bestseller, anything, anything like that. And Genius then th- Foods is the first books. one.
0: Three, what was the first yeah. one? Was it was it Genius, Genius Food the Foods? Genius Foods is the first one. That was massive. So yeah. I'm not even just saying that because to be polite, if you haven't read it, it's amazing. That's how that's yeah. when I first met you.
1: Yeah, that was the first book. Yeah,
0: and the second uh, one.
1: G- the Genius Life, which came out March 2020, yeah. which was oh. uh, uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, not uh, the best time uh, to no. put out a, <laughs> a book.
1: Um, so yeah, it's sort of the middle child, and then uh, the, <laughs> the and I and, and I love it nonetheless. And uh, look over and, there. <laughs> and then this is the third book that came out uh, this year called Genius Kitchen, which is a cookbook. But yeah, I never would have thought, ever, ever, ever would have anticipated that this would be my career. Because what I've always been focused on, I don't know if it was like. You know something that was just intuitively that I that I knew to do, but I just stayed focused on stayed focused on like the chipping away of what was like immediately in front of me.
0: But you also knew. I remember like let's talk about like the social media part and digital and all that because you had to kind of evolve and and grow these businesses. So even if that was your world, you had to become well known in social media. And you kind of grew like you kind of grew pretty fast, right? Like your on social media, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, this, yeah. Everything kind of grew separately, but in tandem. For the social media thing, for me, um, I there was something that clicked for me with um, with social media where I completely relinquished the desire to appear cool on social media, <laughs> and, and you had
0: an opinion. You have an opinion on there too.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't even about expressing my opinion. Oh. It beca- I became solely focused on adding value. That's it, and like putting out free content, because I knew that I would eventually grow a following, and that I'd be able to do something with that following. But um, but I, I think when I first got on social media, my I aspired to just like look cool and look like a guy who's like doing cool things, and and uh, at a certain point, I just like that that completely went out the window, and I just I started thinking in terms of how can I create content that is going to create value for whoever gives enough about what I have to say mm-hmm. and that's what I did and the minute that that clicked in my brain it was like it was like night and day it was like a switch and my my following started to grow like really quickly after that
0: yeah and now I feel like you have like you picked a lane so to speak right like people know when they go to you what to expect yeah right same with you Emily like they know what, like they know what to to get when they mm-hmm. when they when they know what they're gonna get when they come to you yeah. so you're very Deliberate. Same
2: thing. I want to provide value, and yeah, Max. Maybe I go to his Instagram. I'm like, oh, I, I I want to eat broccoli now. I want to have. I want a celery or no, eggs. No, the steak. It, it, his you, face it, and the steak. I'm like, okay, I'll eat that. I'll do that. Or I meat. love that. It was very yeah. Or meat, whatever it was. Grass fed. And broccoli
1: sprout. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro-, bro- I'm broccoli I just yes. love it. No, I love. You're pivoted.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was good. Max, it was good. So I, yeah. So for me, yeah, very specific. I want people to. But it's been a lot you know, a lot of road to figure out what, what works. And like for a while I didn't like if I post a picture of me, like everyone's like, pictures of you do great. I'm like, yeah, but that's it's not, I don't, it's not about me. And like, that was early, you know, a few years ago. I was like, I really want people, that was a separate thing. It's like, I really didn't want it to be about me per se. It was like, I, even though it's Sex with Emily in the title, I, I think that if it could help people listening to my voice and the podcast and all that, but if you're like thinking about social media, it's like, I definitely want every post to educational, every podcast, I want people to take something away from it. Actionable. And to be action items, actionable.
0: Yeah, and same with you. So, like Darren, you kind of went from being the superfood hunter to then like having like a major show on Netflix, and now this new. Can I talk about the new show? No, no. Oh.
3: Well, <laughs> okay. there is a, yeah, there is a new show we just can't talk about. Oh
0: okay. well, we can't okay. give any, details. any any information. okay, well, it's going to be huge, okay? I'm telling you no. Um, <laughs> just, but you really made like and, and you got into all this other stuff, like how did you go so deep into the weeds with uh, like your, this new book coming out and all of that stuff? You became like very much like the, the spokesman for things that are well, harmful. you can talk helpful, yeah harmful. harmful um, and helpful.
3: So this this uh, second book is called Fatal Conveniences. We're all holding one of them right now, and that's the phone. right? Uh, so they're, they're so great, they're so convenient, but they all have a little rub, right? You put that up to your head, the electromagnetic fields, which, by the way, in the fine print, I'm not going to go too much in this. Oh, <laughs> get
0: comfortable. But the fine print says
3: it should not be closer than nine inches to your body, and everyone's got it in their bras or their pockets, and, and it's very clear, and then I'll just leave it. <laughs> Thanks it's
2: for that. It's <laughs> very clear
3: that it turns on uh, reactive oxygen species, so that's, it's, it's a free radical igniter. It, it suppresses the immune system, uh, and it creates a whole lot of response uh, and of neutering in the reproductive system. So it's a really bad thing, and and again, so there's things. So the whole book is not about just to poo-poo everything. My believe phone. me.
0: Well. <laughs> mo- the, just the whole. So so
3: why I got into that was again. There's like safe sleeve, right? There's there's things you can do for it, but my father suffered. Um, he was part of um, uh, the naval academy or the naval fleet in the cuban missile crisis and he worked on atomic bombs and he got exposed to a lot of radiation and so his immune system was shot so by the time i could realize like he was taking thyroid medication and then in the 90s he developed chemical sensitivity so his immune system couldn't deal with normal stuff like deodorants and shampoos and so I was in college, so he's sending me these care packages. Hey, you're coming home this weekend. You need to shower with this. You need to put this deodorant on. You know, and I was like, what the fuck? Is this in his head? Like... And so he was a professor. So he was very you know, making VHS tapes, trying to educate his whole world around him. And then the more I realized, I started looking into it. So it, it affected me then. So the book is dedicated to him, um, and I just kept pulling those strings. And the thing is, it's all out in the open. I'm not making this up. It's like cosmetics and personal care items. There, there is
0: AirPods. Like you were talking about your phone, yeah, right? The, like the Bluetooth. You would never. And,
3: wear, oh, never. And, ever. and like, this guy is
0: like this guy. He practices what he preaches. He's not just saying it from like he. It is a hundred percent. You like live, yeah. live and breathe everything yeah. that you talk about.
3: Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, it's 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 not to be overwhelmed. There's always a better solution, right? There's what is a better a,
0: solution for the phone? Like I think the AirPods on the phone because everyone here right. uses Don't, it.
3: Don't you know? I, yeah, I never ever put your phone up to your head ever. How about the any, AirPods though? So so the, so the well there's Bluetooth. I would never put those in your ear canals and just sit there because right. that's that's just a it's a lower voltage of the same frequency of the cell phone, right? right. And it already shows that it's 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 dangerous. Um, so you can use air air tubes for your, uh, you can plug it back in. So I was just like, like right, hashtag plug everything back in. Right? <laughs> everything,
0: so like the ones just, that just I would, get. Yeah. Just plug
3: everything back in. And just, if you use a speakerphone, if you're alone, just use a speakerphone and don't. So there's always a solution for this stuff.
0: Can you give us one other one that's very... Uh,
3: dental floss. Really? Yeah, so dental floss, the, that, that damn stuff that's so slippery and it fits between the teeth yeah. really well the 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 thin film and it's like so so that shit is pfos so it's uh it's a it's a the grandfather of pfos is teflon so dupont made that so it slips in between your teeth and it is a proven uh carcinogenic
2: Really? To
3: your to your kidney. All floss or is there
2: other good well, organics? Is it the wax one? I mean you're you can about?
3: you know you can bamboo and charcoal and wax and you can get
2: Those do ones, your yeah. due
3: diligence on that stuff. But any of that shit that's like again, it's a hell of a convenience, right? Yeah. It doesn't, you know, you mess up your 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 gums and everything else. But like for me, I use a regular one, I just wet it. First, and I'm like yeah, that's a good. regular
0: one. What do you mean, a yeah? Regular just so, one? so
3: a nice clean one that doesn't have that PFAS on it. I just wet it first, and then it slips in between the, the teeth. Just a dry floss. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a dry <laughs> floss. So oh, that was so creepy.
2: And
1: then you so, <laughs> should see your face. I feel like I'd rather rather get the kidney cancer.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: oh my god. Like, okay. Um, so give us one other one, one more. I think this is that's why I think this book is going to be so massive because. I think everyone well, is fascinated is by, is by it. The
3: good news is there's just great products that you can replace this stuff. Give us one with. more. Um, Your book can't just
0: be two. Well, <laughs> it's clo- a pamphlet, clothing.
3: Then. Okay. Clothing. Like uh, clo- most of it is in synthetic fiber and petroleum. So you're wearing oil, right? Formaldehydes, <laughs> formaldehydes, phthalates are all endocrine disruptors. So if you look at all of this stuff, they're 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 doing three major things. Again, they're neutering you. Again, and you gotta think (laughs) about think about your children. Okay, like here's another one that I would say never put throwaway diapers on a child. Ever. Because that's around their private parts. And,
0: (laughs) 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 and,
3: (laughs) And (laughs) And it's very clear that it's affecting their hormonal system immediately. Plus, the big rub is 200 known chemicals, most of which are carcinogenic, are already in the umbilical cord of every mother giving birth today in the United States. Really? So all of this stuff from the paints to the carpets to the sprays that make the room smell good, all of this stuff is absolutely gnarly. So we, So my point to this whole thing is you may not feel your suffering, but you're suffering. You're in it. Your body's being exposed to it. And over time, you're like, why do I have a headache? Why, why do I not have the energy? Where is my testosterone, right? You go to these biohack conferences. Everyone's talking about testosterone. They're running around with freaking weird-ass clothes and tight clothes and Bluetooth and, and monitoring devices. And I'm like going, oh, my God. <laughs> And then they're like, yeah, I t- just got my testosterone checked. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, you guys wow. are crazy. <laughs> so, so I think it's an elephant in the room in our society. It's an elephant in the room in our, you know, listen, 2.7% of the United States are deemed healthy by the, by the Mayo Clinic. 2.7% of all people are actually deemed healthy. So we are sprinting towards our own demise. These things, the point to the whole this whole thing is to expose these systems that we have in place that we're apathetic towards. I want to just shake you a little bit to go like, oh, I don't I can still floss my teeth. I just don't need to put chemicals in my mouth. And be absorbed by my body or my children. or And, and also toothpaste, right? So oh, <laughs> like kids and toothpaste and fluorides and like...
0: So what do you use instead of... Oh, so what kind of toothpaste... Oh, so you can use... I use this stuff called bite, oh, bite, bite, that's bite right, yeah. toothpaste, which is right.
3: great. It's just little pellets it's, and, and it's clean. And,
0: and I know that he doesn't... Like, honestly, he's super particular with every single company he works with because I work with him and he won't work with anybody. And it's serious... <laughs> it's, it's, it's Well, it's serious that, like, you're very serious about it.
3: And it's just over time, Yeah, right? You just do this over time so you don't get overwhelmed with it. You just take one step at a time.
0: And you're boldly putting it out there to the world. Yeah, it
3: sucks with the creative stuff like this. You have no idea. I'm like, and I'm talking to the publisher going, you sure you want that title? You sure you want Fatal Convenience? Yeah, we love it. You sure? I don't know if anyone's going to... Want to look at this stuff?
0: What What do you yeah. mean? Everyone loves that well, stuff.
3: But that's the thing. Anything creative, even the TV shows that come out, you're going, oh, "Fuck! They edited that out. This shows it's gonna <laughs> suck." Like, like I didn't. I said all this stuff. They cut all that out. You're like, I don't that's know. Hard. Do you they know, cut it you, out
0: because they don't want to kind of cause? Like, it's a, a, a million kabobo?
3: reasons. Yeah, you, you have no idea. And so it's like with any book, you put it out there, and you just go, "Okay, I just got to keep going." I just get put it out, and I guess got to keep going, and just take it however it goes, and that's life, man. It's like you know anything happens in life. It's like have have the conversation with your partner about sex if it sucks. Like have those radical, honest conversations. That's bold. Everyone's avoiding direct eye communication conversations. It's f- a plague. That's the freaking pandemic, right? We need to interact. Look at each other, be honest and open and caring, but honest, truly, right? So we can have real conversations. That's what I love about you. You're like, there's no, there's no bullshit, right? It's just, that's Jennifer. Yep. <laughs> and, and, then, and then she creates a space because she, she again, going back to her book, sh- she is this book. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't care if, you're, if you feel you're successful or know what you want to do, you're going to gain and garner something from this book. Just like Emily, right? You go through this thing going, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I totally failed <laughs> <laughs> Right? Or or on any moment, yep. right? Where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, do it, right?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's a practice, too. Like, you, what I loved is how real you are, too, the way that your book, because I did. You're with the Mark Wahlberg thing. You're like... I, oh, you, remember, yes. you saw him somewhere, and you're like, "I've gone up there, I've been." I still
0: think about that rejection but, over regret. I mean, right? But just rather stop yourself the than, moment. Than regret, yeah. Yeah,
2: you don't want to be like, "What else am I going to do?" Like, what is the worst? You have everything. What's the worst thing that can happen?
0: What's the worst that can happen? And that the worst thing that
2: happens. Then. And then I was also reading somewhere that like mo- like some study about like most people. Maybe it was in your book. That most people like they do like you said. when you regret, the shots you don't take. I guess that's part of it. But like we that's people on their their deathbed are literally saying like. I just regret that I didn't that I didn't do these things. Not what they did. They're like, I can't believe I made that phone call and asked for that whatever it is that raise or that person to call me or that person to talk to me or I made that move. It's more about like beating yourself up for, for not doing things. Right. So, like she's referring to something bold. that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you, because she's referring to this thing I always talk about: rejection over versus regret. And I yeah. always rather be rejected versus having regret, because rejection. You feel it, and it hurts, but then it kind of fades away after a while, and regret, that lives with you all the time, and so I always pick rejection over regret any time.
3: And rejection you can learn from. And you can learn from, and also
0: a lot of times with that rejection comes another thing that you never even knew existed by just, you know, but you don't know that at the time, but it shows itself
2: later on down the road. And you realize how often you keep yourself safe because you don't want to feel rejection but then you realize, like, the more you do it, like, really, what is the worst? So you got rejected. Like, Exactly. You ask, though, What's and, like, the worst that, that can is, happen? And then it, and that it's a muscle. Have
0: you ever been rejected, Max?
1: Never. Yeah. <laughs> no. Many, a bajillion times, yeah. I'm actually in the process right now of, um, of being rejected. <laughs> of being rejected.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> See you, Max. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, all the time I mean that's part of the reason why I decided to to build my own, you know, empire, so to speak. Because I came through the Hollywood system. And then when I when I when my job ran its course, you know, the Al Gore network thing and I tried to leverage that job into a career, I found myself like being thrown against brick walls over and over and over again. I signed with like a major agency and it ended up not working out like none of the jobs that they put me up for was i was i booking they ended up dropping me it was like a yeah it was like a it was actually like that that saying like when life falls apart that yeah. moment for me there was a, there was a year where like my agent dropped me i wasn't making any money i i felt like i had deferred you know like my young adult like the young adult like what am i doing with my life yeah. thing because i had that job but i wasn't able to transition it to a career and then my mom got sick so for me, I mean, that was like the lowest of the low that I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, it was it was a pretty dark time, but um, but yeah, f- but but from that, you know, like I mean, that's the beautiful thing about hitting rock bottom. So there's only <laughs> you can only go up from there, right? That's true. So um, so yeah, so that was it. And right, even right now, like I mean, with all the all the things that I've this that is rock bottom for you. No, now is not rock <laughs> bottom. I'm very I'm very grateful, but I'm still getting rejected. Like I, you know, I'm a. Uh, one of the projects that I'm working on that I'm really excited about is a documentary that I've been working on for eight oh, years. yeah. Yeah, so it's been this, like, labor of love, um, lots of rejection over the course of, of, of eight years to get it done, and, like, a, a major pain project. I did a Kickstarter campaign for it. Eight years ago, and the backers are like, "When's this film coming out?" Did you just take all the money and like use it to fund your lifestyle? You fraud! Like, oh my God. Like, really? like a very small, a very small, tiny, tiny, tiny proportion of the eighteen hundred people that contributed to it are like really evil. And, and these people contributed like the least.
0: Of course, always of course. that way. It's like a always
1: $5 donor to the Kickstarter campaign oh. eight years ago. They're like, you're, fr- you're like really, really terrible. And those are the kinds of comments that I have to oh like. Oh my god! F- but it's fine, it's yeah. fine. I, I've got this amazing project. I'm super, super excited about it. You can but take
0: $5. I'll give you $5 for the Kickstarter. I can't movie.
1: even refund them because half of their credit cards are like not <laughs> active anymore. Seriously? So, yeah, yeah. You can, like in the Kickstarter Chapter thing, <laughs> yeah, you can go and refund backers, but only if their credit cards are active. Yeah, no. Otherwise, you have to like, reach out to them, which I don't want to do. Right. So, But we're now in the process of, uh, but it's fine. We've got this amazing film. After eight years, and we're in the process of submitting it to film festivals. Nice. It's my, it's my hope oh, to, that's so yeah, good. yeah. Oh. And it's, and it's, thank you. But like, you know, not every film festival is going to like accept it. No, so it's, okay. it's, uh, it's just a. Can yeah. you go
0: back on Joe Rogan and talk about it?
1: Um, uh, maybe. Yeah.
2: He was on Joe Rogan. He was on we're Joe Rogan. Max.
0: And it was one of those most shared episodes. I saw that. I was so proud of you. So proud thank, of you. you. thank you. Yeah, I know no, no, you're no welcome. Yeah. It was that's a big one. Yeah, it's very big. And also because. You know, you're like you're you're very articulate and you're very good at t- getting some message that can be complicated out to and to like the lay, the layman's person. And so that's why I I think you're I I love your information, your content, and you.
1: Thank you. You're no, you're so sweet. I I'm obsessed with health and nutrition. Like, and I come at it from a place of. I mean, I think, I think authenticity because it really is motivated by the fact that my mom was sick and I aspire to not suffer the same fate that my mom suffered. And to have, if, I, if I'm able to have any impact on others that I care about and the world at large, I mean, that to me would be a dream. And so for me, it really is about understanding as much as I possibly can and then, and then sharing that information out with people. And I found this like, interesting like, zone for myself where I'm doing like, all the things that I feel like I'm meant to do. You know,
0: And you're so good at it.
1: Thanks, but it's taken, you know, I get a lot of, well, I was going to ask the panel, like, how do you deal with naysayers? Because, I mean, I, you know, for me, mm-hmm. the bigger you get in any area, right, you get hate, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's, I think, important to remember that there are freaking people that hate Disney World. There are right. people that hate pizza, <laughs> you know, like, there are going to yes. be haters, right? As long as you're doing anything of note, like, there's going to be haters, yep. so... Um, so yeah, I mean, even today, like even after Rogan and everything, all the positive feedback that I get, I still get a lot of like, I mean.
0: Are they hating you because you're eating meat? Because I know Darren (laughs) hates you because of
1: that. No, well. you eat meat? Yeah, Yeah. occasionally. Yeah. Um, He's
0: a major vegan, Darren, and Max is not. That's.
1: (laughs) But we respect each other. But Mm -hmm. we love each other nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always interesting. How
0: do you handle it? Because I, you, you seem like a sensitive type a little bit, you know? Like, how do you handle it? Do you, not, you don't like it, <laughs> well, obviously. Well,
1: I, I, am, I am sensitive, but I, uh, I've, I'm able to take my ego out of it because I have what uh, Jordan Peterson calls a noble aim, you know? Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's something larger than myself that I, that I do this work for. And I think it's, it's really important for you to find that, whatever that happens to be. That's like a really important part of the puzzle.
0: I like that. Um, Is there any, I I think we got to wrap, yeah, i got to wrap this up. They probably want us out of here, and I'm just droning on and on over here. But uh, this has been very fun. And again, I am so appreciative to all three of you guys for coming out here and supporting this book launch. Um, And can you guys just all quickly say how people can find you and all your stuff?
1: Yeah, so I'm Max Lugavere. I'm uh, very <laughs> active on Instagram and I have a podcast called The Genius Life. So if you listen to podcasts, come over. We talk about fitness and nutrition. It's great.
0: It's in the top health in, in the world, like in the top 5 in the world all the time. So you should definitely listen. He's got great content. And the books.
1: Oh yeah, books. Genius Kitchen. They have a bunch of copies here. So what? <laughs> <pick it up. laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Being bold, you gotta be
3: bold. Yeah, you gotta be bold. Yeah,
0: go ahead, Darren, your turn. Uh,
3: yeah, Darren O'Lean on all the platforms, um the Darren O'Lean Show, Show, um, Super Life, and pre-order is the Fatal Convenience. Already on pre-order? Mm-hmm. Yeah, already? already. Yeah, it comes out Jeez. May fifteenth. Mm. Nice. Wow, I'll order a copy. Me too. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>
2: Uh, sex with Emily on all platforms, all social media. The podcast is Sex with Emily, sexwithemily.com. Uh, you can also pre-order my book. Like Already? Today. It's, yeah, it's called Smart Sex. And um, it's called Smart Sex, How to Up Level Your Sex IQ and Own Your Pleasure, because I've developed a whole new way of thinking about sex. It's called Sexual Intelligence. I release two podcasts a week. I've been, I've been heading into my 18th year. I have wow. thousands of podcasts. If you've had a question about sex, dating, marriage, love, relationships, date, all the things, Things, I've got a podcast about it for sure. She sure does. And if you have any questions, you can also find me, uh, DM me on all the things. It's all at Sex with Emily.
0: Also, she has a really famous masterclass that she did.
2: The platform, the masterclass platform, learn from the world's best. The world's best. <laughs> I and was she's like, on I there. Was the best that that happened. I was like, oh God, that's a lot of pressure in the bedroom. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can check that out too, my masterclass on sex. That's true. A lot of other things coming soon.
0: Yep. Check it. Right, oh. and they both, Darren and Emily, both handed in their new book like this week. Yeah. Yeah, so that's amazing. How
2: yeah. about that, So thank
3: you, guys. Okay, first, let's give it up to oh, the bold thanks. and beautiful.
2: Jen, what's your, your takeaway from the what, book? What's my takeaway? What's the take
0: bold exercise people
3: can do
2: tonight? They have a workbook. What's your book?
3: favorite thing in here? No, the you can do tonight? She's got
2: bold moves, get it? Bold <laughs> I
0: moves. do. I have a lot of bold moves, but you got to get the book and okay, see for get yourself. The there's Don't, a workbook in the book. We're not telling you. <laughs> yeah, and there's a, it's basically a blueprint for people who want to be bolder in their lives. It's, it's very actionable. It's very practical, and you can integrate it today. So pick one up if you haven't had a chance yet to. So that's it. Woo! So thank
1: you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys.
4: <laughs> hey. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle. From nothing the something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast, powered by Habit Nest.